Hello, in today's episode of Deeper with New Life Fellowship, we sit down with Jason Barbieri. Jason's a good friend of mine, and he is works with the Navigators here at Utah State and also um, works with another area of the Navigators that helps the local churches. Uh, Jason is a, uh, has a heart for reaching people who are in the LDS faith and sharing them about the love of Jesus Christ. And uh, today we sit down and we talk about some of the challenges of that, what it looks like to reach Mormons for Christ and how to make disciples and, and to uh, share your faith. So I know you're going to be blessed and encouraged by today's episode. So here we go. Hey, welcome to Deeper with New Life fellowship podcast today we are interviewing the one the only the rock star <laughs> uh, some Jason call him Bar- the white Dwayne the rock johnson the white Dwayne the rock johnson yeah uh it's it's <laughs> the only thing they have in common is a bald head <laughs> it's none other than jason barbieri hi jason how are you hey doing good doing good so, Thank you guys for, for letting me join you here, man. Yeah, so it's it in the room today is myself, Dane. We have Ethan Weed and hey. Jason Barbieri. And uh, Jason is, for those who don't know, is a missionary here in Utah, up at Utah State. And what else do you do? I know there's like two roles what do, or three. You have like wear many hats. Right. I, yeah. So... Um, I'm basically splitting my time with the navigators between the campus ministry. And then also I've got navigators has another branch or arm called navigator church ministries, where the goal is to kind of just be able to be available to help churches, local, local churches like new life and and others. So I'm kind of splitting my time between those two. um, And I have a lot of freedom to kind of do what the Lord's sweet opening up what doors he's opening up to kind of pursue those. So, so, it, it begs the question, if um, you are here to help New Life, why haven't you helped New Life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come on. Yeah. Well, you know, some churches are beyond helping, and, uh, you know, it's just a little... No, just kidding. <laughs> I do want to say, you know, it's fun to do a podcast, um, you know, because... I just there's things I didn't realize about y'all's podcast. Like, did you the, the people at home probably don't realize Dane does this whole podcast in a Batman costume? Yes, yeah. that's true. It and, is, and Ethan is in Robin costume over here. It's, <laughs> it's, it's true, amazing. People keep wanting us to do it, have us on video, and we don't for that very reason. <laughs> yeah, so they don't see us in our costumes. So they can't see that you're sitting there smoking a cigar while you're doing this podcast. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the cigar smoking only happened when we invited Elon Musk. And, uh, <laughs> So, uh, Jason, tell us a little bit about who you are for people who don't know your family, what brought you to Logan and and so forth. Yeah. So like, um, we're, uh, you know, I've got my wife, um, Mandy, we've been married for what's going to be 24 years coming up here in June. And then we have three, three young, well, not so young anymore. Daughters, uh, Madeline, Maribel and Malia. We moved here in Oh nine. Um, we joined the Navigators in like 06. And um, the reason we came to Utah was basically because we had a heart to see uh, ministry take place here. We, we really wanted to see if the campus ministry thing 
could happen here. And there wasn't any Navigator Ministries in Utah. And we were just like, man, let's let's go try. Let's go see what the Lord wants to do. And so we we came here in 09 to start the Utah State Navigators. Um, really just because we had, we had, the Lord had been putting in us for years and years before coming here, just a heart for LDS people and a heart to see these people. Uh, one of my high school kids, when I was a youth pastor, uh, kind of had this foray where she was like, oh, hey, by the way, just one day she comes and goes, by the way, I'm going to be getting baptized in the Mormon church this weekend. Oh, <laughs> nice. been in my youth group for four years. <laughs> I was like, uh, let's talk about that. So... Turns out it was it was a guy, you know, it was a, yeah. it was a boy and whatnot. But um, I I said let's sit down and and talk with Mormon missionaries together. You just sit and listen, and I'll I'll talk with them, and, and that way you can kind of just observe, right? Yeah. And man, we went like for an hour and a half with these Mormon missionaries, and it was great. But at the end of that is when I just went, man, Lord, like who is reaching these people? You yeah. know. Um, I didn't know. I'd never been to Utah at that point. I, this was in Southern Cal, and, and I was just like, man, there's there's serious labor to be done with these people. There's a serious uh, need, and mm-hmm. I didn't know anybody was doing it. And so that's kind of where I got turned on to to Mormonism and ministry and Mormonism and that kind of stuff. So. You went like straight for the heart, too. I mean, you could have like started, oh, LDS missionaries in California, but you went. <laughs> now let's go straight down to where they are produced from <laughs> well and it, it was a it was kind of a journey to get here honestly like i won't go into it but it it took a, a little bit of convincing to let the navs even uh let us yeah. or send us here wow um just because they didn't have anybody in the area and and yeah so that's cool so you you work with the navigators so what is the navigators yeah so navigators is a is a parachurch organization means kind of we come you know, parachurch means comes alongside of the church mm-hmm. right and um, Navigators is, man, it's like 90 years old or something now. It started with a guy named Dawson Trotman. And I would say in a nutshell, the Navigators kind of vision is to um, say, hey, the Lord's called the, some to be pastors, teachers, you know, et cetera. Um, and obviously that's an important role. But, man, the Lord has also called every believer to be a laborer, mm. right? To just the, the average Joe uh, can be powerfully used to advance the gospel and make disciples. And so the navigator's vision is essentially that it's taking the focus off of like, man, let's get, let's not just focus on um, getting everybody to come to church on a Sunday morning. Let's not overemphasize the Sunday morning service to Mm -hmm. the extent that people just kind of go, well, I guess that's my job as a, as a lay person in the church is to just uh, bring people to church so my pastor can preach the word at them, yeah. right? But it's kind of this idea of like, man, you do it. They want to hear from yeah. you, actually. They'd rather hear from you than your pastor. For sure. Um, and so it's kind of that vision of just trying to help everybody make disciples. And the Navigator is probably one of the major um, verses that drives that is 2 Timothy 2.2, where Paul tells Timothy, the things, Paul, the things, Timothy, that you've heard from me, right, the things mm-hmm. I've, been, I've poured into you with, these entrust you entrust these to faithful men who will entrust the those to others also so even in that verse we kind of see what what i call like four spiritual generations you got paul timothy faithful men others Mm. and there's kind of just that idea of like man everybody can be a spiritual father grandfather even great grandfather in the faith um it doesn't you don't have to be anybody special to, to see the lord work in your life like that so I don't know. I'd say that's kind of the vision of the NAVs in a, in a nutshell, is just trying to help 
the That's amateur cool. yeah. uh, to become just powerfully used as a disciple maker. So, so when were you introduced to the Navigator Ministry, and why did you choose to go with that? Role? I was I was a youth pastor uh, in a church in Southern Cal, like I said, and and uh, we our church was when I showed up to this church brand new. Uh, one of the first Sundays I was there, there was a guest speaker for Sunday, and he was a Navigator Campus guy. His name was Mark, and um, Mark and I both had philosophy backgrounds in terms of like schooling and whatnot. So our pa- my pastor goes, hey, you should go hang out with Mark. You like him. So Mark and I grabbed coffee the next morning, mm-hmm. spent like two hours just talking. It was great. And then probably I spent the next four years just reading his newsletters, you know, that he would send out every, while, every now and again. And um, I just remember thinking, man, I love what this guy does. It sounds like, feels like all he does is go hang out with non-believers and talk about Jesus. Yeah. That seemed really fun to me, you know? That's so cool. And, uh, and, and kind of with these college kids getting to do it in that age and stuff. So, um, that was kind of how I found out about him. And then when it kind of, when we kind of sensed the Lord was leading us away from that youth ministry job and we were trying to wonder, trying to figure out what was next. Um, yeah, I just called Mark said, man, tell me about what you do. And kind of got the will, got the, the ball rolling. That's cool. So, so you yeah. did youth ministry and now college ministry. Which one do you prefer? College ministry. College ministry? Yeah, because I don't have to deal with parents. Oh, that, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's awesome. I remember one of the yeah. first times we did like a trip, and some of the students on the trip were like, hey, we're going to go down the street to go get... And I was like, oh, well, wait, you didn't ask me. Or yeah. what about your... Would your parents be okay? And then I'm like, oh, I don't have to worry about that. It was awesome. That's so cool. It was awesome. So. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, so before you came to Utah State with the Navs, where were you before that? University of Arizona. So yeah. Which is a better school, University of Arizona? Oh, gosh. Well, that's what was so fun, right? It was like going from U of A to uh, here, mm-hmm. I tell people it was like doing ministry to the prodigal son to doing ministry to his older brother. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Right? Like it's, it's night and day yeah. in a lot of ways, um, you know. It's just, it was really, it was a crazy shift to, to so come cool. here. Yeah. Wow. And now you're part of your ministry too, with the, the hats that you wear, uh, is you're really into discipleship and also leading people out of, who have come out of Mormonism or exploring coming out of Mormonism and, and that avenue to Christianity. And, um, you know, when, when somebody comes out of Mormonism do uh, you see that m- most of the time they go atheist or what, what, it, what is the road they take when yeah. they come out of Mormonism? Yeah. The stats, the stats alone seem to kind of bear that out. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that the huge chunk and, and you can understand why, you know, because it's this like, man, I was fed this God and this Jesus and this scriptures and whatnot mm-hmm. that turns out to just be not true. So, why would I then knowingly or willingly go tr- throwing myself into another God or another Jesus when there seems to be a whole lot of similarity, right? Yeah. And so I think that's kind of the natural thing. A lot of them have just a natural, I would say Mormonism actually almost creates, it's, a, it's an atheist creating machine in that regard, you know? Wow. Um, and that it kind of sets them up to go that route. So it's, you know, it's kind of up to God, God's moving in their hearts and whatnot to really for them to not go that way and for them to still kind of have this hunger for him um 
I don't know. I, that's just what I've seen. And, I, and then I think, you know, like I have this, uh, I'm a part of a, of a number of groups like on Facebook. And one time someone asked a question like, what were some of your biz- biggest struggles transitioning? Mm. And I think like one of the things that was so apparent was that it's super hard. Um, one of their biggest struggles, right, is that they are committing kind of social suicide. Yeah. Here in a place like Utah, at least, right? Like to go to go out and leave the Mormon Church to take your name off the rolls, etc. You're you're really kind of becoming a pariah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could very easily lose family, friends, status at work, etc. So that's a hard thing. Um, you know, there's, there's just a lot of struggle that they have, and then I think, yeah, just how do they? Um, I think discipling them requires unpacking a lot of stuff. Mm. You know. I, I, I can see that. I remember going through high school and middle school. I would, I have really close LDS friends that, you know, I would just have those conversations with them about, like, do you really believe? Like, are you just going? And he's like, they, they would say, I don't really believe, but I don't want to leave because of the fear of losing family and, mm-hmm. you know, just that. Mm-hmm. sense it's a sense of security even if they don't yep. believe they it's a security blanket for them and so it's yeah, a lot we had a we, when, number of years ago we had a student come into our navs ministry she was a freshman moved mm-hmm. here from colorado uh and she she straight up told us like yeah i um i have not believed in lds faith for years but mm-hmm. i've been waiting until i moved here as a freshman because when I tell my parents, they're going to essentially cut me out. Mm. And I've got to, I wanted to get myself to a place where I could live independently. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Like, that she is. basically knew ahead of time that was going to happen. Yeah. And it did. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy to yeah. see that. And especially because I don't know much about the Mormon faith, but I know they promote acceptance and welcoming and stuff like that. And very, oh, everybody's welcome unless you leave and then mm-hmm. you're done. And so, yeah, it's kind of a, kind of sounds like a cult <laughs> <laughs> kind of sounds yeah. like a youth ministry. <laughs> <laughs> Come to my youth group. Once you leave, you're done for. So with, with reaching, um, so the big, one of the biggest obstacles for a Mormon is they don't want to, uh, or a, a person transitioning from Mormonism out yes. of Mormonism is, is, you know, they don't want to be, fooled again right and then what other obstacles do you see uh with them reaching um so so trying to help people that are ex lds yeah 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 i think you know they they are just fearful of trusting you know trusting anything and and i think as soon as they smell um Oh, you're you're religious. They think they th- in their mind it goes to okay, what organization? Who's in charge? Who's going to be trying to you know essentially kind of get me to come under their leadership and under their rule, right? Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to to even just appreciate kind of or understand a mindset where we're going, man. We just want you to know Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. we did, the, it's about Jesus. It's not about a church, yeah. right? And I think that's just a hard, hard thing if that's you haven't known that. Mm-hmm. Um, if everything's been filtered through the lens of like authority and structure and a church and a system and whatnot, it's just hard to, it's hard to kind of suddenly 
buy into an idea that that's not going to be the case. Yeah, for with, sure. With another Jesus, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, I think that's hard. I think, um, you know, there's just also a lot of stuff, you know, unpack, to unpack how, things about who God is and, and the nature of man and, and how, how we actually get right with God, you know, that, that there, if you've been told your whole life to, to kind of perform for grace yeah. and, and essentially like, you know, blessings come to the you when you're obedient and good. And, and so get it done, get, get going. Right. Yeah. And to hear this message that, you know, the, the biblical gospel of man, you can't be good and you can't, you can't earn this grace. You just have to receive it. And it's a thousand pounds more grace than you ever could dream of. Mm. Right. That it's just like, it's just really tough for them to a lot of times accept that. You know? oh, yeah. And, and even the almost just kind of, they, they want to reject it because it sounds too good to be true or mm-hmm. something, you know? Um, those would be at least a few things I think of. What, what do you see? Um, so those are people who have trans- transitioned out of Mormonism. What do you see as some of the obstacles of reaching an LDS uh, uh, student? That you're on campus and yeah. and you want to reach an LDS student. Somebody do you, who does believe. Somebody who does believe in the uh, yeah. is all in. Yeah. And um, how how do you go about witnessing and sharing the faith with them? Yeah. So you know I um, I would say there's a number of things. Um, one one thing I just want to I would encourage Christians to really do and think about is like man you can there are a thousand ways to talk and there's a thousand things you could you could hit on mm-hmm. um, much as possible though try to keep the the conversation on three things who is God who is Jesus and how do you get salvation or how do you get right with God how do you get forgiveness mm-hmm. Those three subjects, I feel like, are where I'm trying to keep the subject. Because what they want to do, what, what your average LDS person wants to do, is try to talk and, and kind of keep the conversation comparing church on church. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's talk your church. Let's talk my church. I have a living prophet. Do you? you know? mm-hmm. uh, we have ongoing scriptures. Do you? So, so they want to try to keep the conversation on um, you know, church on church. And I'm, yeah. I'm as much as possible going, man, here's the thing. Here's you. Here's me. We're two sinners. Mm. standing before a holy God. And they would agree with that, right? Like that's not something you really have to fight for. So we're two sinners standing before a holy God. How are you getting right with that, with that holy God? What, upon what basis are you in a good place? Is your relationship with him solid? And how does it get there? Right. And I'm, and I'm trying to get the conversation there because that's the gospel for one. That's what they need. Yeah. Um, You know, if we talk up Jesus, you know, uh, excuse me, Joseph Smith, and we talk up, why the Book of Mormon's false and stuff, that's very possible that even if they believe you, which is unlikely, but even mm-hmm. if they get convinced by that, all you've done was convince them the Mormon church is not true. Yeah. And that then leads down the road we just talked about it a minute ago, right? Of that, That's very possible that they're going to then lead, that's going to lead them to being an angry atheist. So as much as possible, I'm trying to talk about things that if and when the Lord opens their eyes and they get a chance to actually see, then they're going to head towards... Mm-hmm. The living water, right? They're gonna they're gonna be have a, a thirst in them for this this biblical gospel. So I think you know that's what, as much as possible what I'm trying to say. Um, there's a saying a guy up in uh, there's a ministry called Truth and Love. He talks about uh, I think this is great. He talks about trying to find the Mormon stress points hmm. and turning to rest points in Christ as opposed trying to show the contradiction between their stress points. 
and our rest points. So what is that? Well, they're stressed out because they're constantly feeling like they're on trial. Mm. They're constantly feeling like they have to perform. They have to perform. They have to be keeping the commandments, keeping their covenants, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And we're going, man, I'm resting. I'm not, I'm not pressured. I'm not stressed because mm-hmm. I know I'm secure. Like I don't have it. I, d- I never did. Yeah. And, and God says, you bring your sin. I bring Christ's righteousness. Second Corinthians five twenty one. right? God made him who knew no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteous of God in him. And it's just that I'm resting in the fact that Christ got my sin and I got his righteousness, you know? So there's a lot more I could say, but I think those would be at least a couple of thoughts. Yeah. What about y'all? I like that. I like the stress into rest. Yeah. That's super cool. I didn't make it up. So I know, but I you know, uh, I'll, I'll give you praise for it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> you, when you, when you don't make something up and it's profound like that, you just say, I've, I've heard it said the first time you know, I've heard it said. Then the next time it says, I've always said, <laughs> I've always said. <laughs> yes. So yeah. it, it slowly becomes your own. I, I think that's good. I, I don't know. Maybe you, you will know better, but. I find if you can keep the conversation away from an argument, it tends their hearts are in their mind is more open to hear it. Yeah. I've you know I've seen a lot and I've argued a lot and of where we'll talk and they'll ask me a question and then I'll say something and they'll say something back and then it ends up moving into an argument. Sure. And a lot of people when they're in an argument, they tend to close off their hearts to hearing anything new because they were humans. We think we're right all the time. And so, yeah, I, I think it's really good. I, I'd say two things to that. One, sometimes you just can't help it, right? Yeah. But I think big picture, I would say the, probably the, two of the things that you can do to help defuse mm-hmm. is, A, I just encourage our NAV students, be, become an expert at asking questions. Yeah. Right? Because um, here's the deal: LDS people think that they have all the truth. They've got, you know, they've got uh, a way stronger understanding of truth than you and I. Mm-hmm. And so, in that case, then take the role of the student. Mm. Let them be the teacher, but just ask killer questions that yeah. they can't answer. Right? Yeah. Because then it starts to really kind of get under their skin. Like, man, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I can't answer that better. Yeah. Um, and I think so. That's important. I think too, as much as possible, when I'm trying to you know, really bring the gospel as much as possible. I'm trying to, to not have the pointer, the, the finger pointed at them, but mm-hmm. at me. And, and so, and, you know, and when I'm trying to demonstrate like sinfulness and how yeah. that our sin causes us to fall short, I don't call them out on theirs. I point to my own. Yeah. And I try to, you know, say like, you know, this idea of Mormon, Mormons are very, you know, keen on telling us all we, God's looking for is for us to do our best. Mm. Try your best. God, God just wants you to try your best. Well, that doesn't work, right? It mm-hmm. leaves you in nowhere, no man's land. And so yeah. what I try to do is say, man, can you think of like a time even in this past week when you could say, man, for that one day in the, in the past seven, I did my best. Mm. And I just say, I know I can't say that. Like if you followed me around this past week, there would not be one time, one, one of those days where you could say, man, Jason did the best he could that day. Mm. You know, so in a sense, I'm trying to yeah, own it for myself and, and make it... Usually when I do that and try to play up and explain like my sinfulness and my need for a savior, they're, mm-hmm. they're not going to, they're almost going to try to run to my aid yeah. at that point. And, and it's just interesting, you know, the way that, that, that helps to try to 
bring it on yourself and not just point a finger at them. I think that's great in all areas, not just, you know, talking with Mormons, but in leadership areas, if you bring yourself, talk about what you struggle with, with, it grounds you so people don't put you up to this pedestal and make you, you know, they're like, oh, he's perfect, he's a pastor, he knows, you know. Every book of the Bible, every verse, he can quote anything, you know, but if you talk about your sins, your struggles, it grounds you and then people find you more relatable because they won't admit it, but they'll be like, oh yeah, I struggled with the same things, you know? And so I think that's a great, I think that's a great thing. Jason, what what do you think is some of the biggest misconceptions Mormons have about Christians? Yeah, so I, I, uh... I'm a part of this Facebook group called Ex-Mormon Christians, and one of them asked that one time, and I just I just recorded everything that was was said. Mm. Oh, they, yeah? This was, you know, the question was, what things did you get wrong about Christians when you were a fully convinced Mormon, right? And I, I just wrote, I just copied and pasted everything, and <laughs> it's fun. Like, it, I, I would say that some of the huge ones are the ones that, to me, that stood out was... Um, Sorry, is this what Christians get wrong about Mormons or Mormons get wrong about Christians? Mormons get wrong about Christians. Okay. And yeah. then we'll do then yeah, we'll yeah, yeah. reverse yeah. it. Yeah, so I'll just make sure. So I would say like they a couple of them here are denominations are everything to Christians. You know? So like AG churches, Baptist yeah. churches, you know, we're all in our camps and we just hate the other camps. <laughs> Yeah. Right, and there's this kind of like just this we 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 bleed red. You yeah, know, the, the denomination we're in, and we just want to go to war with every other. They, that's <laughs> that that's their understanding. Wow, of of Christians, right? Another one here is that um, disdain for Mormons for the LDS Church is a large part. So it's this kind of victim mentality that that's yeah. a large part of what drives us. Oh is, wow, is like we are trying to take them down. You know, wow. One person said, I thought Christians, I literally thought that they sat around on Sunday mornings discussing us, <laughs> 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 which was like, oh my gosh. Another one is, is um, you know, of course, the, the classic, like they, they, their stereotype of, a, of your evangelical or whatever you yeah. want to call it is that we are, we're, uh, we talk a game, but we don't play it, huh. which is convicting, right? I mean, I think that's important that we don't further give reason for them to believe that yeah. stereotype. But they're just like, you know, I thought they just wanted to sin. And so that's why they weren't serious enough to to study their Bible or wow. or whatnot. They just they just wanted to talk Jesus up, but then yeah. go and live their sinful lives, you know? That's um, crazy. They they talk about, uh, on, on this list, like, um, they, they think pastors are all doing it for the money. <laughs> uh, Boy, that, that would be nice. <laughs> that, that, that a lot of guys in ministry are doing it so you know because it's a way to get get rich. Um, I think there's a lot of things on this list, but those are some of the biggies that yeah you know that that probably stood out to me most. That's funny. So reverse that. What what are some big misconceptions Christians have about Mormons? Yeah, yeah. So like two come to mind for sure. One is I think. We, I don't think we struggle with this so much in Utah, but I think in other parts of the of the country that don't live around Mormons much, they assume that that Mormons don't believe the Bible, hmm. or don't have any kind of. Yeah. All they do is the Book of Mormon. It's like no, they they they, they the, 
they actually really do believe the Bible. They yeah. study the Bible. Of course, they have this like view that it's got to be translated correctly. And so mm. in a sense, I think Mormons do have a distrust of the Bible more than they distrust the Book of Mormon. But still, I think it's this caricature that's not yeah. accurate when we come to them and be like, you don't even believe the Bible. And they're like, of course we do. You know, <laughs> We study it all year yeah. round in our church. In fact, this year we're in the Old Testament. You know, like yeah. that, that just does not help when we, when we come with that. Uh, but the other thing I think that probably Christians don't understand or, or probably we need to be careful with is, and I've learned this over the last 12 years, has been we probably tend to stereotype and think, um, they all believe the same thing. Mm. And I'm finding that to be quite the opposite, right? That, mm. it, that if you get 50 Mormons in a room, you're probably going to come up with 40-some ver- different versions of Mormonism. Wow. Um, I think especially, like, you know, with with the younger generation, mm-hmm. that's that's becoming the case. Like the guys we see up on campus and whatnot, it just feels like more and more Mormonism is becoming kind of a cafeteria-style pick, pick the parts you like. Wow kind of faith and I just think most Christians we don't do we don't really help things when we're when we come to our Mormon neighbor or our Mormon coworker, or friend and be like well I know you believe this yeah and they're like actually I don't you know yeah and, and it's like okay so now what do I say you know I, I think there's this uh, what I encourage Christians to really do is to not tell them well you believe X but to ask them do you believe X yeah before you before you start hammering away at X <laughs> make sure they actually believe that yeah. because they may not they, they may not yeah and that goes back to you know what you tell your students is to ask questions yes ask questions to find yeah. out where, where yeah. they believe not only what you, so you can get understand what they believe but so they can get an understand what they believe exactly yeah 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 and then sometimes it helps them it, it kind of helps them it shocks their system a little bit when you go you don't believe X? Like, you know, it could be something, you know, like, uh, I don't know, baptism for the dead or something. Yeah. You know? but, but, you know, whatever it is, like something where they go, no, I don't believe that. And you're like, you don't? But I can show you like in 18 different places in the last four general conference talks where they've talked about that. Yeah. And they've all said this. What you know, So it, it kind of forces them to go, huh, why am I going rogue? Yeah. Why do I feel comfortable going rogue on that? Why, why do I think I have the authority? And so it... Yeah. It can be helpful, you know. It yeah. can be helpful. That's interesting. Yeah, to think about. Do you do you think that uh, as a Christian living in Utah, it's difficult for or intimidating for Christians to share their faith, and um, and what makes it intimidating? Yeah, yeah. It's, I'd, I'd say it certainly is difficult. I would say, in one sense, it's easy. Uh, and that is, um, you know, because having lived in other places and having mm-hmm. done ministry on other campuses, um, you know, I'll just put it this way, like, you know, cold turkey evangelism, just walking mm-hmm. around on campus and asking people some kind of question to yeah. see if they'll get into a spiritual conversation with you. At U of A or UCLA, yeah, it's like one out of 20 that'll actually stop and talk to you. Mm-hmm. Whereas here, it's probably nine out of 10. Yeah. You know? Um, now, where are the conversations going to go? Who knows? And that's going to get challenged, and that's why it's yeah. hard. But, you know, on the one sense, I feel like it's easy because you have so many people here who are, I would say, aren't believers. They're not, they're not walking with God, and yet so many who want to talk about religion, mm. you know? So I think in that sense, it's easy. But I would say the hard part for us, right, is, is that we're talking about a counterfeit gospel. And yeah. there's so much in that that's, uh, that you have to unpack, and so much that... You know, that we're using similar words, but mm. we mean something totally different by them. 
salvation, hmm. heaven, grace. You know, all these words we use, and, and they can look you dead in the eye and go, yeah, I believe that I'm saved by grace through faith. But they mean a different thing by saved, a different thing by grace, and a different yeah. thing. So <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just you, you got to kind of be having a, a spirit of endurance to do it. Mm. if you're going to do it. And and I think there's just this, a lot of us just, we struggle to feel like we have the energy, the yeah. endurance. I just feel like a lot, you know, uh, one of one of the guys here in town, Brad Shelkey, right? He says, you know, he says, most Christians, after they move here from out of state, he said, I, after about a year, you see them go one of two ways. They either kind of tend to really, you know, say, I'm, I'm in this, let's do this, let's keep fighting. Mm-hmm. Or they just kind of throw their hands up and they go yeah. like, it's, it's too hard. I'm just going to do my thing. If my more yeah. neighbors will do theirs and they'll leave me alone, I'll leave them alone. Yeah. You know? And it's just this kind of spirit of like, I just, I don't have the energy. I don't, it's not worth it. It's too hard. Yeah. I'm not seeing the, the, uh, the fruit that I want happen from this. For sure. And so they just give up. So, so how do you, how do you get to that point of understanding definition? I mean, cause this is it, that sounds like a marriage to me. <laughs> Same. <laughs> You know, uh, I often say this, you know, oh, my wife can look in the closet and say, I have nothing to wear. I can look in the closet and say, I have nothing to wear. We're saying the same thing, but meaning two different things. <laughs> I mean, I have nothing clean. She means I have nothing new, <laughs> you know. Um, and so uh, how do you how do you steer the conversation so the definitions of the words you're using are understood by the other person? Yeah, I mean, I think you that takes takes both. It's the science and an art, right? The science part is you got to study. Mm. You got to know kind of what they think, and there are tons of resources out there. Truth and Love Ministries has on their website a like dictionary of Mormonese, I think they call it, and it's just everything that you know, all the keywords they have, kind of a pack, unpacking of here's what the Mormons think you know, when they say this word, right? Mm. Um, so you, you do need to kind of just do your studying, but I think conversationally, you just need to, as we've been saying here, you need to be a question asker mm. and you just need to kind of be like, man, I'm wondering if we're saying the same thing, but yeah. we're using different, you know, just, I think just speaking yeah. to it and being able then, of course, the, the trick with that is we've got to be really able to be explaining why, you know, here's what, here's what grace means biblically. Yeah. You know, we've got to be ready to, to, we got to have done our homework and know what we're going to say on that. For sure. And, and really, to get to that point in the conversation, you've got to be in relationship. You know, yes. I think, I think yeah. re- reaching um, LDS people is, is not a one-and-done type of thing. It's not a conversation yeah. of, well, we talked and now everything's good <clears throat> or bad. It's, it takes a long time of trust and relationship where you can challenge your friend because you, now you're not at a point of friendship. Of challenging your friends say let's let's really define these com- these these terminologies that we are using so we can mm. understand from one another and where we're coming from and that just takes time it like, does oh you're saying well you say you know study you got to understand what they believe mm. but even more important than that you got to under believe understand what you believe yeah do you do you read the bible do you know your word do you understand where you're coming from and then time, time with, um, you know, let's meet weekly. Let's, let's, sure. let's have a cup of coffee. Let's go to lunch. And man, that, that's why I think what Brad says after a year, people are like, oh man, I just, I just not, I can't do this anymore. I, I yeah. I'm making no headway. 
and it just seems like a hard that's thing. it and i think you just you measure we measure fruit i you know i say we measure fruit differently you mm. know i think not only do we count oh i got to have a great conversation as fruit mm. you know but we count man i i just got to share life with this person yeah you know and build trust i think what what you were kind of describing you know earlier ethan and like what i've seen from our nav students is sometimes they'll be like Man, my Mormon friend told me this. He told me that he can tell me things he can't tell anybody else. Hmm. Even all his, you know, he's like a tried yeah. and true, Mormonism is true guy, yeah. very convinced. And he's got all these relationships that are similar, but he will tell this, our NAV believing student things that he, you know, make, that he won't tell his other friends. Hmm. Wow. Why? You know, because this, our NAV student is a safe place. Yeah. And that kind of stuff is a win too, because that, oh, yeah. that comes back to they. They some point they got to ask that question: Why can't I tell my own church mates this yeah. stuff, but I can tell Tim or whoever it is? Yeah, so it's crazy. So I'll switch gears a little bit here. Uh, going back to college campus ministry, uh, what has been some really neat stories that you've experienced? You've been here what? 10, 12 years? Uh, it's, this is like our 12th year, something 12, like that. 12, what have yeah. been some really cool experiences and stories that you've witnessed on campus? Yeah, I think, you know, one one thing for sure that I think of is, you know, we, we have seen students go from being LDS to believing. Um, you know, they've become mm. believers. And I think those are always going to be kind of highlights for me. You know, it's, we don't have a... a coffee table book full of those stories you know yeah um some but man there's you know there's stories you know a girl named jc that was a part of our group years ago that i think like man she she came in and and for whatever reason the lord was just drawn on her heart and in such a way that she was just she was drawn in and it took time and it took relationship and it took all those things but i think you know what what I love seeing most in campus ministry is just seeing these students get a heart for yeah like evangelism and discipleship because really you know I tell them like man if all I did when you were here was teach you how to have a college ministry um But that's it. You know, like once once you leave here and you go into your yeah. job, you don't you're kind of looking around for well, what do I do now? How yeah. do I do ministry because I don't have the ability to have a dorm Bible study or I don't have nav night or these things. You know, I think I guess I what I love is is I go man, I, I've blown it if that's all I've done is mm. teach you how to do a college ministry. But if you have gotten disciple making tattooed on your heart, yeah, so that for the rest of your life, no matter where God takes you, no matter what where you land, if you're a veterinarian or a librarian or a school teacher or a full-time mm-hmm. missionary, either way, right? You're, you're going to just, wherever God plops you down, you're going to get to work making disciples and that's just being awesome. a laborer for Jesus. That That's exciting to yeah. me because it's like, man, that for the next 40, 50, 60 years of their lives, they're going to go touch people, reach people in places I would never be able mm. to. Um, and that's kind of that vision of disciple making that that's so exciting. And so, one of my major things, like this year, we you know we tried to um, instill in our first year, uh, we call it Josh team. It's like leadership, mm. student leaders. Um, if you're on, if this was your first year on Josh team, I said, yeah, I want you to only spend your your aim this year is really to to spend time with the lost. 
try to mm. try to reach people with the gospel that don't yeah. know Christ. And my hope was that that will just in this year we'll see their heart grow for yeah. the loss because then it's tattooed on their heart, right? And they'll they'll have that that same passion no matter where they go. And one of the one of our girls named Belle, um, all I say all four of them. It was so fun to watch their their heart for the loss grow as like as we kept pushing one another. But the you know the fun the fun story would be Belle, one of the one of the ladies in our group. Um, you know, she just got her a heart for this girl in her in her in her floor named mm-hmm. Anna, and um, she just started spending time with Anna, talking to her. And Anna was just this girl who had grown up LDS, but um, you know, it was kind of not really something she yeah. was too too concerned about, too worried, you know, too excited about. And she just started talking to Belle, started getting in the conversation, started getting into the Bible. Belle yeah. invited her to start reading the Bible with her. Wow. And Anna, I would say at this point, she is just right there. Like she, right. it, it, yeah. it will not shock me if one of these Sundays or one of these weeks, um, she says, yeah, I want to get baptized. You know, I think she is so wow. ready right there. There's a couple things that are just keeping her. I think she's struggling with some things from her past and she's wondering, you know, how, what, where was God and X and mm. Y in my life? And I think there's just that kind of final hill to get yeah. over. Um, but man, it's been so fun to just watch. That's exciting. Bell and Anna kind of walk this journey together. And now, you know, at some point Bell will be a spiritual mother in the faith. Yeah. Right. And of course the exciting part then is she gets to then try to help Anna turn around and start reaching out yeah. to somebody else, you know? And so now Bell's talking about how am I going to become a, a grandmother in the faith someday, yeah. you know, and a great grandmother. And so I think that those kind of stories are what keep me going, you know, yeah. on, that's camp, awesome. on campus wise. That's, that's really fun. That's so cool. So, so kind of closing up here, what would you, what were some closing um, wisdom from Jason? Wisdom from Jason. Thoughts, deep thoughts by Jason Barbieri. Uh, wisdom from Jason. Uh, what would you, I guess, say something of uh, encouragement to to uh, believers here in Utah, tr- the Christians here in Utah? What would you say to them today? Uh, man, I'd say one, uh, you know, see the value of... Um, pursuing God yourself, Mm. right? Like, I think a lot about, you know, this is a place where, you know, unlike most places in the U.S., you move here, your neighbors are going to bring you muffins and donuts and bread and whatnot, and there's going to be this kind of niceness. Yeah. And I kind of go, we can't out-nice probably a lot of our neighbors. I don't know, maybe you can. But, you know, my experience I for sure can't. (laughs) Like, it's pretty tough. It's kind of like, it's like that old uh, Untouchables uh, movie from Kevin Costner, right? You drink, you bring a knife, they bring a gun. Yeah. You send one of yours to the hospital, you send one of theirs to the hospital, they send one of yours to the morgue, right? Yeah. It's this kind of, like, one-upmanship thing that, I don't know, I I guess I just think, like, uh, we're not going to probably be able to out-nice folks. But what I think we can do quite naturally without really having to try is we can just out, I don't know if this makes sense, but we can, we can just out treasure Jesus. Hmm. I don't think they're, they're at the heart of Mormonism is a real treasuring of the Lord. It's this kind yeah. of, uh, he's this boss figure that we kind of have to appease and whatnot. Yeah. But as Christians, we have this ability to just see Christ as our treasure and just pursue just deep, intimate 
love for him. And I think that will be something that even if you're somebody that's like, I don't know how to talk to people. I don't like sharing my faith, blah, blah, blah. Fine. Well, that's not fine. But you know what I mean? Like (laughs) um, just living your life Mm. in a life that's pursuing God and that just finds finds. You just live in the fruits of the Spirit, and there's just something about you that just shines, right? Mm. I think that's so important. And in fact, honestly, if you're somebody who's like, well, I love talking to people, but you don't have that, I'm not sure that's all that, all that helpful. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Like, you have to, you have to be able to kind of be like living what you're, what you're saying. Yeah. Um, so I think, for one, for Christians in, in Logan and Utah, just, man, keep going, right? Keep pursuing Christ. Go deep. Go, go as deep as we can. Um, that that kind of goes back to what uh, Jesus says in John 15, is this whole abiding in him. Yeah. You know, when yeah. you're abiding in him and just deeply, madly in love with Jesus, it's going to, it's going to bear fruit. Yeah. It's going to come out and, and people will see it yeah. and, and say, wow, there's something different. And I think that's a good word, Jason, to yeah. just to, just to, um, treasure Jesus more. It's yeah, really good. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, well, cool. Well, thanks bro. Thanks for, uh, being here today and, um, being a part of our little podcast and our two <laughs> listeners online. Our two <laughs> listeners. So. What's up both of you? <laughs> I'll listen. I'll listen. I'll make it. So three. we, we make it, we'll make, make <laughs> it to three <laughs> listeners this week. So, that's uh, so cool. Yeah, so uh, we appreciate you, Jason. I, I'm going to ask. I'm going to ask Ethan to pray over you. Yep. So, Ethan, yeah, would nice you pray one. for Jason? Yeah. yeah. Hey, God, we just uh, we lift up Jason now, Lord. Uh, Father, he's doing some amazing things for your word and your love, and so we pray that you just keep anointing him and blessing him through his ministries. Uh, excite him every day when he wakes up, ready to go uh, to battle for who you are, Lord, and. Uh, we thank you for everything you do. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Thank you. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week.